Conventional Podcast. You think going to conventions is easy. However, it's anything anything but. Welcome to the month where love reigns supreme. Fuck love, I do what I want. Well, technically fucking is a part of love. Damn Skippy, happy February, everybody. The international holiday of Rule 34 is now upon us. And if it hasn't been created yet, it will be after this sentence. Damn Skippy, happy Rule 34 month. Anyway, let's jump into some fun parts. We haven't done a proper episode in I don't even know how long. Last month? Yeah, give or take. Yeah. I mean, I mean we, we, went, we went over the goals last month of what we were doing and all that fun jazz because we had the retrospective episodes of cons of yesteryear and then what to do in the off season. So now today, after we talk about our reviews and our updates, we will be talking about sewing. Yes. Sewing, the one crucial part of all cosplays, you can never escape it, trust me, I fucking tried. It always comes back in some way, shape, or form, even if you're just making a shoe and you're going to have to sew something onto the shoe. And it always bites you in the ass, or your fingers, depending on how bad needles get you. Like me, I have giant stone hands that, for some reason, get needles put into them every single time. Yeah, that's what the thumbtack is for, right? Look, thumbtacks don't fit over these. I've tried. <laughs> Look, you find me someone I can actually TIG weld. I'm sure they frickin- make extra size big ones No, for I'm people. gonna get a medieval gauntlet at this point <laughs> and just shove that onto my crawmaw and just sew then. I don't know how it's gonna work, but you know what? I'll, I'll a lot find of a planking. A lot of finesse. That's what it's gonna be. A lot of planking and a lot of Dark Souls references while I'm doing it. So... But that aside. He'll sit next to our bonfire while doing it, too. And then I, that's uh, how his project will probably burn, too. But that's hey, a whole different hey, tale. Hey. The fire makes it sexy. But before we get sexy. into that... Sexy. Before we get into that, <laughs> let's get into our updates and reviews. So we don't have too many new updates since the last episode. However, if he still wants to do the episodes on the Voldemort of the Midwest convention scene, all the links and all the information you will need to know will be in the doobly-doo down below this episode. That's right, everybody. If you want to hear about the Voldemort of the Midwest, hit us up with that first threshold that is $200. That's right, $200. If you donate on coffee, then we will, without a shadow of a doubt, start this series and we'll release the first episode of this very, 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 very long series. Yes, very long, very extended, and very special. Now, with all that fun stuff out the way, let's hit up the nitty-gritty of the reviews. So first on the review docket, we're back to shooting bolts of electricity at you in a certain scientific railgun. Now, this is another anime in the universe of a certain magical index. This one is about the third powerful esper, that's a level 5, called uh, Mikoto Misaka. And it is the third season of this character's side story it is on its second episode of airing right now and it's starting with a die festival arc and i've been enjoying it so far because they're bringing in some of my favorite level fives and they're continuing the story of my one of my favorite side characters other than accelerator so i've been enjoying it a ton yeah i mean worth is worth so one of the series that i've actually been hardcore hopping into left and right is fire force Originally, I'm like, all right, I'm not going to watch a series about a bunch of superhero firefighters. And then the fucking opening started bumping, and then I couldn't help myself. And then my house just started blaring that fucking song for a couple of days, and then shit just got real after that point. If you don't know what Fire Force is, Cloud over here has told me that essentially it's Promare on steroids. And I kind of want to watch both now. 
Premiere's definitely worth your time, as we talked about in an earlier episode. I recommend you watch that film. It did have a re-release about a month or two ago when they had the English cast do it instead of the Japanese cast, but uh, I've heard That's called a dub. It is called a dub. Either way, it was it's still good. It's my point I'm going with. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. Okay, so one of the other series that I've been hopping back and forth on is this new series called Beastars. And after we had the MFF episode, it was ironic that that was the first thing that was put in my lap on Christmas. So just It was just there on Netflix. It's like, hi, Netflix, I'm just going to open this up and watch it. Yeah. It, well, actually, it was the manga that got dropped in my lap. Oh, fair, so, fair. Okay. And then I found out Netflix had the episodes. I was like, oh, let's let's watch this. Let's just keep in tune with everything that I've been watching for the past couple of weeks. So Beastars starts off with this giant drama and giant mystery thing of who done it. Some kid, or I won't even say, one of the, I want to say it was a mammal. No, it was a prey. Uh, specifically, they have classes set up separately between predators and prey. And Prey, well, the Prey member of the class got killed. Obviously, it was by Predator because they got mauled to death. So now the entire thing is split in half, and then you have all these different things. It is a giant allegory for shit that's going on today that I can't even get into. Holy fuck, this series is good. So, I know, speaking of movies, I know for a fact you went to go see one movie that I was hyped to go see, but I think I was just dead to the world. While it was still in theaters. That, well, it's still in theaters, actually. But this past Thursday, I saw the new Makoto Shinkai movie, Weathering With You. It is very good. Uh, it's very similar to your name because it's about two star-crossed lovers in a way. The theme of the movie is a guy goes to Japan and he basically is, is a runaway. He doesn't want to be at home with his folks. He wants to be in Tokyo. So he leaves his home and takes a ship on over and then basically he's just trying to start on over in Tokyo as a 16 year old but he's having a hard time finding a job and he runs into people along the way and eventually he finds this girl and he finds out that she has this power where she can control the weather to a degree and she can make rainy skies sunny basically and clear up skies and basically it follows that whole entire theme of the movie things happen because I don't want to spoil it because it's still in there but there are some really cool cameos which I thought were really neat uh, so it could happen in future movies that Makoto Shinkai does and maybe we'll see the character from this film overseas in the next film. Honestly I am actually super excited to see this movie. I didn't get a chance to see the other one in theaters and I'm still butthurt about that to this day. You know what I like Jax? What? Apples that are I seedless. Do. Really? Really? This is your segue? Yeah. This is your segue into my shit. Fine. You, look. Not all. You know what? That's effective. I'll accept it. Also, I'm not taking this out. I know. So, alright. If you haven't figured out, for this retro gives me life, I'm talking about Appleseed. For those that don't know what Appleseed is, it's not just a horribly done CGI movie series. It actually goes way back into, like, the yesteryears of manga. Essentially, it's a giant war that takes place during World War III. I want to say it was based in 2020. A little bit of foreshadowing there. Yeah, so about right now, if, if you want to take a gambit. Give give or take, yeah. Let, let's, let's say that we might have giant robot rabbit people in the future. We haven't fully figured that out yet. I mean, it's not the only anime to predict a World War in 2020. 
Yeah, no shit. Though, let's let's be real. We already have like 64-bit trucks coming out soon, so we're we're getting back to that weird ass dystopian vibe that's starting to like fan out. But anyway, before we get off track, Appleseed takes place during this war, and instead of like a normal SWAT team, you have like the E-SWAT, which are the extreme SWAT teams. And one of my favorite characters, well, both of them actually, Dune and Newt and Briarios Hecatones, they are members of this team. Briarios is a giant robot rabbit man, if you haven't figured that part out. He wasn't always born a giant robot rabbit man. He was pretty much horribly mauled during the war. And this is how he survives. If you really want to check this out, check out the manga. I highly suggest checking out the original Appleseed OVA and the first CGI OVA. Not um, Ex Machina and the one after that. Ignore those for the time being. Are they not E for Extreme? They they are X for Extreme. They, they go well beyond the beaten path. Uh-huh. But before we jump deeper down this rabbit hole, pun intended, we have a guest... You, in the corner, get over here. Hey-o. Hey-o, welcome to the Horrible Trash Panda Studios. Who are you? I am this chick 25 um, on most of my social media. Um, if you know me at conventions or you know as a human being, my name is Seneca. Yes, Seneca has been friends with us for a long time and was actually a member of the original crew when we used to do podcasts together. Yeah, when we did the podcast like six years ago. Also known as The Forge, if you try and find it, I'll probably burn it. But anyway, tell us, why are you here today? Um, you invited me to talk about sewing and cosplay. Close enough! I don't know, shit, I was drunk. Anyway. I don't remember myself. No, when are you not drunk? Let's be real. That's like your usual level. You don't know what I do. We know exactly what you do. It involves moonshine. Don't judge what's in my jars. Anyway, please introduce yourself. Since we already got the who are you, what do you do and what have you done? Um, well, I volunteer for conventions. I go to a lot of conventions, uh, mainly in the Midwest because I'm busy. Uh, but I uh, cosplay. I'm kind of from the middle guard. If there's an old guard, which were the cosplayers before me, and the new generation, which is like a lot of the people who are currently online and famous, um, the middle guard is probably like the age of when cosplayers like um, Yaya Han were newish cosplayers. I'm from around that time. Uh, If you followed my social media recently, I would say I'm best known recently for uh, my director Lucretia cosplay uh, from The Adventure Zone and my Shakasta cosplay from Critical Role. She is also known as the person that dragged my happy ass into The Adventure Zone and watching that go down for years on end. I am extremely not sorry for that. (laughs) And Homestuck. Let's talk about the fact that I had to sit there for days on end and go through Hussey's bullshit. Because somebody in the room done had to sit there and show me all this awesome shit with Fago and all the fun goodness. Yeah, I could not stop telling you about Homestuck. I had to drag you into that black hole with me. Yeah, no shit. (laughs) I avoided both of those black holes. (laughs) Oh yeah, you avoided that one. She's also the same person that got me into staffing conventions as well. So, if you want someone to blame, she's right here. My reason for staffing conventions is completely different, actually. Well, it was either that or my life. I I, I choose life, so... Fair? Yeah. Now, what do you like about convention, Seneca? Um, well, having seen it from the attendee standpoint and the volunteer standpoint, um, 
I, I like the same thing about both. As a volunteer, I love to see all of the things that are required to get a convention running in the background. And as an attendee, I like to experience the events. I love cosplaying. I like taking pictures and seeing the shows and that kind of thing. So pretty much you like the con for the con itself, is what you're saying. Yeah, and probably from both points of view, my favorite thing ever, and I will tell anybody this, is to see the look of like having found a home on attendees' faces when they come for the first time and they see like all these other just ardently uh, excited nerds in cosplay. It's like, oh my gosh, I found my home. Nerds walking around a convention going, ooh, my family. Yes. I think to myself with the biggest of floaty hearts, it's like, ah, we're all a bunch of nerds. Hooray! That's so, usually most conventions. Oh, yeah. So, one of the other big questions that we always ask our guests on the show, what is your favorite anime slash dessert or favorite dessert and anime? Uh, Wow. My favorite dessert is pretty much anything with as much chocolate as you can cram into it. My favorite anime, wow. Uh, what have I watched recently? Oh, it doesn't even have to be recent. Give us a retro if you got it. Oh, well, in that case, uh, probably my favorite old, older anime is Gunsmith Cats. And this is why you're my big sister. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's one of the first anime that I ever saw, and it kind of threw me that I recognized so much of Chicago. I'm like, oh, shit, what am I looking at? This is awesome. <laughs> um, but... Recently, I won't say it's my favorite because I kind of like different anime for different reasons, but one that made me cry recently, which I like about anime, that's one of the things I really like, is called uh, Your Name. Your Name was too precious. That yeah. There are so many fucking anime out there that I can honestly say will never make me cry. Your Name is on that list of ones that will make me bawl. Yeah, Your Name can get you very teary-eyed very quick, even if you aren't going to cry. <laughs> Holy shit. But seriously, why do you like Your Name? Um, I like the story, uh, the way it developed and then it went, like, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but the way the story developed and then you started seeing, uh, it come together, like both sides of the storyline. And then you realize actually what was happening. Hmm. And then at the end, um, like I definitely was excited and super into it, but at the very end, like that last scene, I definitely cried. Oh God. I can't even spoil it. That that actually hurt my eyes a little bit thinking about that last scene. Now, for the hardest question to ask in this room. <laughs> Always the hardest question no, to ask. This is the more awkward word for this situation. What is your safe word? Ooh, uh, hmm, um, how about, uh, no is a good word, uh, but I would say, um, so you know, you know who I'm married to. Oh, yeah, I do. We yeah, do. so I kind of have an Inuyasha sit word for him. Uh, so if you ever hear me yell banana at my spouse, uh, oh. it is because he needs to sit. Oh, I'm so glad he's too lazy to listen to this. That's oh. kind of humorous the more I think about it. it, it actually... no, you know him and you know sometimes like he literally needs to stop. And yeah, banana is definitely that word. And I have shouted it a lot in public and people look at me like, what, what just happened? And usually his response is, ah! Yeah. Yeah, it is a, a little goblin rage. <laughs> yes. This is a very accurate description. I'm not going to lie to you. I usually call it coked out squirrel rage, but you know, we'll go with this. 
So, <laughs> as much as I want to rag on him, let's actually jump into the meat and potatoes of this actual episode. Where we're finally talking about sewing. Yes. And sewing accessories. And sewing accessories, yes. So, how long have you been sewing? Whoo, oh, let me see. I learned how to sew. Um, my grandmother, one of my grandmothers, she might actually have been my great aunt now that I'm thinking about it, but... But black families, we don't really have the lineage tree that everybody else have. We have a shrub. Yeah. And it just kind of becomes a weird-ass bramble yeah, you bush. Yeah, like, great cousins that you call grandmas, and, like, we don't super have great aunts. Um, but... One of my grandmas, uh, my grandma Beulah, she has long since passed. She used to be a seamstress for Coach before they moved their operations to like outside of the country. And she uh, taught me how to sew. And so I used to sew things like doll clothes um, on my Barbies and on the little rag dolls that we had. And I had been hand stitching things since I was about eight years old. I learned how to use a sewing machine when I was 12. But everything I have outside of what I learned from my grandma after she passed, it was pretty much self-taught. Um, so I learned how to navigate patterns because she had uh, she taught me how to use simplicity patterns. That was the first pattern I learned how to sew. Uh, but she had a really complicated sewing machine, so I learned how to hand sew first. I started cosplaying, actually, when I was... About 20, because I used to be super into Halloween before that, but my first ASIN was in 2001. So it's actually a similar story for me. I started learning and doing hand sewing probably in early middle school. I took a break in high school, and then when I was getting more back into cosplaying college, I was still doing hand sewing, but then I also learned about hand pat. I mean, excuse me, sewing patterns and then sewing machines. And I also started off with a simplicity pattern myself and... I, you would mod them to what you needed for your character. And then after that, you would sew it. I still like doing hand sewing for some things because I feel like I can control my hands better than certain machines because it depends on the machine that you're working with and what you're using it for. But uh, I took a similar route, similar to Seneca. See, you all had that fun start. I had the start of, hey, you're in theater. You have built every other prop for the show. Guess what? Our seamstress is sick and we need to figure this out, so learn how to sew on the fly. I don't touch sewing machines to this day because I have panic attacks because holy fuck did I not know what the fuck I was doing. That's why he asked me to sew things for him. Yes. Holy me. fuck. And you. And you. Don't. I'm not one to be shameful of it. I, if you see me with anything that is sewn, 80% of the chance... I have asked another cosplayer to sew it for me because there's no way in hell I can do it. Yeah, I don't think I've ever actually sewn a cosplay for you, but I have done repairs for yeah. you. Yeah, and there's only a handful of cosplays that I've sewn myself, and it's eh, not not some of my more proud moments, but one one I'm proud of, and I'm still going to be proud of that one to this day, it was an Air Gear cosplay. So, the hell with everybody who said otherwise. Hey, the first uh, thing that you usually do to get better at something is suck at it and then just try again. Yeah. Exactly. And that's why I lit it on fire. Because you, you slowly improve over time after starting at, you know, the bottom tier. You slowly move up the tiers. And that's generally how it works. You don't start off being amazing at something. Unless you're a savant. And even then, you start at a lower tier and then you go up. Yeah. Most successes are built on piles of failures. And you look down 
below your feet and you see all the crap that you generated getting to the sparkling point that you are right now. And then you hide it in flames, as did I. Hey, don't, don't, don't judge me. I'm not. I just don't burn as many things as you do. Yeah, no one burns as many things as Jack says. Let's be real. They will never find the corpses. I mean, evident. Shut up. Anyway, so before we get into that incrimination, let's talk about the types and methods of sewing. Uh, well, I'm mostly hand taught. Uh, I sew basically whatever is the best way to get it done. Uh, there are times when I sew things where my sewing machine is having absolutely zero of that nonsense. Um, so I have to hand sew it. I've been sewing so long that like my stitches are tiny and neat and a straight line without really focusing on it. In, in your defense, you have tiny hands. But it's a useful skill to like get in that rhythm though because I'm, I'm the same way it's like eventually like as long as you can line it up straight and have like a flat surface you can just go back and forth without having to worry about it and it's very nice that you can just go to town in an afternoon yeah there are some times where you have to do both like you'll sew the long runs on the machine and then you'll do the finicky parts like the points and stuff like that by hand so just basically whatever gets the job done and then, I mean, you can do, like, the crocheting and, like, the needlework for emblems and stuff like that. Yeah. And you can take your time with that and get all the special tools for that. Yeah. Uh, and the machine sewing, you have all the different types of machines that you can get from Joann's and stuff mm -hmm. like that. And then there are ones that are more computer and tech savvy than what they used to be. And you have the more old-fashioned ones. Yeah, like, to be honest, I know there's a lot of cosplayers who have, like, embroidery machines and, like, the computerized sewing machines. I have a... Uh, a singer with like 40 stitch selections that are computerized but for the most part like everything fancy that I've ever done I've done by hand. So since my knowledge of sewing is a little bit limited as would probably be a lot of our listeners let's actually talk about the do's and don'ts of sewing. Wow uh, I would say the main rule is measure twice cut once and always buy more fabric than you think you need. And have a pair of fabric scissors Please, for the love of Lord, scissors for only fabric. Yeah, I have color-coded scissors because I have definitely threatened my husband's head. Uh, about, same. Yeah, <laughs> about using my fabric scissors for paper. Well, same in regards to color-coded scissors, not threatening her, her, th her husband's head. That, no, that, I threaten that. him all the time. That's, <laughs> look, I'm about to say, that's, that's some kinship right there. No, all I have to do is tell him that the... Fabric scissors are $50, and he won't touch them. His frugal powers will explode oh, in yeah. fear. His cheapness reflex is fantastic. Oh, yes. For me, again, the measure once, cut twice thing. Twice, cut once. I know what I said. Mm. <laughs> no, I'm, I, I didn't mean measure twice, cut once. But anyway, so measure twice, cut once. That That's universal. If you're making anything, always measure twice. Seriously. Yeah, and uh, don't forget the seam allowance if you're making your own patterns. I am kind of bad at making my own patterns. Actually, I'm super uh, more experienced in modifying patterns. But uh, if you make your own patterns, that's, that's the thing that people do that is surprisingly frequent. The next thing that I would recommend is that you'd want to pin or clip your project while you're going along the way. You don't want to freehand your whole sewing project because you're going to have a bad time. Yeah, some fabric is very shifty. It moves around a lot, and you don't realize it until, like, your boobs are two inches to the left and your back's, like, twisted a little bit. 
That's a thing that can happen? It's a thing that can happen. Women's clothing is very complicated, and having boobs is a hassle sometimes. As a guy who likes to cosplay girls, I can concur on this fact. And that's the only reason I can concur on this fact, actually. The more you know, shit. Uh, another thing that I would also recommend is keeping track of where your needle is. Otherwise, you will find it in a fun place later. And by fun, I mean actually not fun at all. Yeah, I've physically lost a needle into my shin once. And um, if you drop a needle into deep pile carpet, uh, I'm sure people have seen that meme online where it says it's like playing Where's Waldo and the floor is lava. Um, where if you find Waldo, then he'll stab you. And that, and it can also not just be your needle. If you lose a pin and it's not, and it's just like a metal pin and doesn't have like a color on the top, it can also get lost in the carpet. So then you're playing with multiple pointed objects in the floor. It's not just where's Waldo, it's where's Ezio. Yes, and you will find it the hard way, no matter how hard you look. Yeah, otherwise. you'll just be walking around bare for one day and you'll be like, ow, oh my God. And then you'll be like, yep, found it. I thought I picked all these up. Nope, nope, only one survived your rage. No. Um, I, I can attest to this. When I was doing the Rumble King and I was trying to sew everything, I thought I picked up every single pin and every single needle. And then I found out the hard way after putting on the costume for the fifth time in a row, after it's gone through multiple washes, that there was a needle sticking out of my shoulder. And now that you mentioned multiple washes and trying it on, doing regular fittings while you're sewing is also a really good idea. Definitely, and uh, making a mock-up if possible. Uh, muslins are really cheap fabric, or you could just find like whatever clearance cotton uh, works or a similar fabric if you're using a stretch. You yeah. want to make a mock-up to uh, work out the quirks in your own body, because not everybody's a fashion mannequin, and to make sure something fits the way you want it to before you wear it to a con. Yeah, but I think of about it like writing a paper. You're going to do a rough draft before you do the final project, and you just want to use something cheap so you can just get a mock-up done before you do the real deal. Also, speaking of mannequins, let's let's just point this out really quick. People, if you if you really, 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 really think about it, everybody that's sewing should have their own mannequin that's attuned specifically to them. So one of the big things I would ever suggest is just take the time and actually make a mannequin that's literally your body double. A lot of people have used duct tape for this feature, actually, because there are a lot of duct tape mannequins I've seen online. And paper tape. I've seen those. They make the more solid body ones, but then you have to kind of upholster them in something thin so you can... Um, On a semi-serious note, uh, one of the things that I have noticed about cosplayers and their... Like, sometimes they can't sew great or they're self-conscious about their sewing, is don't let the quality of work determine your self-worth. Don't feel like you are some sort of, like you have a moral failing of some sort because your cosplay is not like master level on the first go because there is that pile of failures before you get to, you know, the level you want to be sometimes. I'm not even at the level I want to be. And I've been cosplaying since 2001. I've been sewing since I was 12. And I still look at my work sometimes and think, I could do better. And we're going to probably, actually, not even probably, we are definitely going to be repeating this at the, in the tip section. Nobody in this room is a master tier cosplayer. We all want to be. But none of us are at that level yet. Or at least mentally, none of us are at that point. Yeah, because we all take time and do good work. But at the end of the day, we 
know our faults and we know the errors we want to improve upon. But that's going to be the same thing for about every cosplay I can think of. The person who makes every cosplay is going to know the air of their outfit and they can point it out to you if it happens, but they probably won't talk about it unless you talk to that person about it. Because everyone will make a, a, a mistake at some point. No one's perfect all the time. Yeah. Also, in defense, Seneca's probably the closest person in this room to a master tier, so... I, I don't compete, or I would technically be at master level, because I've competed, like, one-on-one -on -one with my husband, and he is a master level cosplayer because he actually competes. But for me, it's more of a hobby. It's something I do because I love it, and I have passion projects. I don't just cosplay to have output. So I kind of do it at a relaxed pace, and competing is anxiety-inducing for me. So I don't compete on stages or anything like that. Yeah, I concur with you there, because I competed once or twice, and even though like I did win the category when I did it, I like just going my own pace and relaxing, and I enjoy it way more as a hobby than like competing on it. Because you have there are all these rules for competing, and it can be super strict, especially... If you're going for, like, uh, the World Cosplay Summit or something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. And personally, I've tried it a couple of times. Ironically, your husband pushed me into competing a couple of times. And it's uh, yeah, it's not the, for everybody. He saw potential in you. He uh, he encourages me to compete, but I, I don't like the anxiety behind it. I have taken prizes. Like, when I was younger, I used to compete. When I first started going to cons and I realized that was a thing, I... I have probably like a good half dozen prizes that I've actually taken, but I, I'm not trying to get to master level competition because one of the differences in requirements, like I think I have enough to actually go into master, but the skill sets that you have to compete against and sometimes like the people who regularly go and compete for prizes like money, um, it definitely like makes people, you know, it brings out kind of bad it brings out the evil in people, pretty much. Yeah, uh, I won't say evil, but definitely, like, there, there's a side of that that I don't like. Yeah. And once it becomes a competition, people get serious, and then when money gets involved, people get a certain way. You and, stop yeah. making friends as much and kind of start making enemies in, in a way you don't like. Like, I, I like to... One of the things I like about being backstage, and I will be my... Uh, I will be Chris's handler for uh, things like that. I like to meet people and talk about your cosplay. And when you're not competing and you're backstage, just like being a little social butterfly in the green room, like you get to talk to be people about their cosplays and how they made it and like exchange tips. And that's one of the things I love about being a cosplayer. Like I like the exchange of knowledge. And that's actually one of the things that I actually enjoy heavily about cosplay in and of itself. You get to learn a lot just by putting yourself aside and just making sure you actually listen to someone else for once. It's real fun. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I put this out there. If you ever see me, uh, I will tell you all day about how I made something and I will tell you how I bled over it. Yeah, ask me anything and I will teach you things. It's true. Holy shit, is it true? <laughs> Jackson and I will basically do the same thing if you asked us as well. <laughs> I'll probably scream gibberish after like five minutes, but I still listen and talk. But before, before we delve a little bit deeper outside of our realm of existence on this one, let's actually talk about something I'm very curious about. The cardinal sins of sewing. So if you're using a machine and you're going to sew long lines, uh, the big thing you want to do is don't forget to backstitch. Backstitch is very, is very important. Otherwise, 
basically the whole line you just did can come undone and then if it just comes undone while you're walking around that might be a little bit embarrassing yeah um i would say if you have a sewing machine maintenance is important True. Um, because there's that thing, the, the snarl, and you know what I'm talking about if you have a sewing machine, um, where you just, for some reason, your sewing machine just keeps sewing knots instead of stitches. It's usually because you have, like, dust in there, or you need to oil it, or you need to, like, tighten up a screw or something, because that kind of thing comes undone, and a lot of cosplayers don't realize you have to, like, tweak the machine, the complicated engine that is your sewing machine. Speaking of snarls, the same thing can happen when you hand sew. If you make your thread too long when you're hand sewing, you're, you can get tangled very easy the more and more time goes on. So make sure you're doing like a medium-sized thread length at most so that way you don't get too much tangles and then that way your project will go faster instead of taking as long. Yeah, and I would say not doing regular fittings. Um, the, the worst thing in the world is to finish a project and then put it on and it don't fit you because you wasn't trying it on <laughs> and you sewed it to like, you, you followed the directions of a pattern and you didn't realize your hips were a little wider than, you know, the base pattern or your boobs were a little smaller and now you, you, you got cave, like sag, sagged in boobs. Also try to make sure you have room for movement. Try doing movements when you're doing your test fitting because you, you want to be able to move when you're doing it. You don't want to be like walking kind of like a penguin back and forth around Alcon, trying not to like rip your clothing. That's not going to be a fun time. Yeah. And probably not planning for your own comfort as much as is possible uh, in a cosplay, because that that's a common, that's a common complaint that I hear about some like super involved cosplayers. Like this was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever worn. And part of that might be, especially if you wear shapewear, that you have basically constricted yourself into um, your cosplay. Um, but you, you want to plan for comfort, and comfort includes being able to go to the bathroom. Okay, seriously. That's something that I still do not understand why people don't do. Seriously, put zippers in your fucking cosplays, people! Or at least get a shiwi or something. You know? Anything! <laughs> also, pockets. Seriously, pockets. Or, you know, I mean, that's what handlers are for sometimes. I mean, that, that's you, a meat pocket right there. That, that is a living meat pocket. Look, there's a certain amount of nakeds to, to which you just will not... The pockets are not a thing that is going to happen. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you just need to have, like, a bag with you where you can just, like, kind of open it up because I know there are, like, those school bags that they have for, like, Japanese school because I got, like, a Love Live one for my Love Live cosplay. I'll just open that up and have, like, my phone and everything in there. That, or you could do what I do, and it's like if you make a plush, you can put things inside the plush and kind of make it like a mini purse. Yeah, most of my cosplays have accessory bags or like bags that fit the theme of what I'm wearing, uh, even if they're not visible. Like my Shikasta cosplay has a hip bag that's on the back, and part of the purpose of that hip bag is to balance my belt from like shifting out of place because my butt's big. Uh, but you don't see it, but I could go in there, keep my phone, and it has like all of my money and all that stuff i mean yes we can talk about where your money is always kept i wouldn't suggest but anyway i mean you could try i mean that stick that stick is painful <laughs> just tr take it from experience that stick hurt it's like i carry a stick and like i have fairly quick reflexes it's true she can't hit me anymore because i got faster but i digress i accidentally trained him yes i have learned <laughs> see see 
I just don't steal things. That generally works no, out. No, I me. didn't even steal. <laughs> I just open my mouth and sticks get bonked on me, and I had to learn. Sometimes I hit him as a reflex. Yeah, and I have to. I had to learn like real quick. I had to learn that that bob and weave real quick. Like so, I went so just, you watch dodgeball, boy. No, I went to some Hajime no Ippo level of training after a while. Just like no, I can Dempsey roll with the best of them on principle now. If you can dodge a stick, you can dodge a ball. No, no, it don't work that way. If you can dodge a car, you can dodge a ball. I mean, to be fair, I haven't tried to hit you in a long time. It was mostly when you were in your teens. Yeah, well, actually, and, and you're considerably stupid. Yeah, no, you met me when I was in my preteens. That's the scariest part. I don't know. You're you're like very large, and I just can't tell how old you are. No one can. He's much bigger than me. He was probably like two heads bigger than me. I am seventeen apples taller. But Apple memes aside, let's actually talk about tools. So, what tools would you suggest someone should actually have on them when they're actually sewing? Needle and thread are going to be the two big things you need. Yeah, kind of hard to sew with a screwdriver. I can try. I mean, okay. (laughs) Whatever, whatever. Sure, Jax. Look, I will find a way to knit with needle. Whatever floats your boat, I'm not going to stop you. I mean, when when we see the pain in your hands and then you're like, I caught my hand like 20 times later, like like someone currently has, then we'll be like, well... You know what? Just because I was trying to chisel with a flathead screwdriver does not mean... You know what? We're not even going to get in this conversation. Yeah, you live, you bleed, you learn. Um, I would say, uh, aside from needle and thread, which is kind of a given, um, if you can get a sewing machine, great. Um, but it's not uh, necessary. I know so many people who've sewn everything they've ever cosplayed by hand. And keep in mind, when you get a sewing machine, you don't need to get the most expensive one out there. You can get a basic one for around, like, what, 50 to $100? Yeah, like 60 to $80 brother, depending on where you get it. That's, that's the entry-level sewing machine, and it gets the job done. I didn't upgrade from a brother for probably, like, the first six or seven years of me cosplaying, and then I gave it to somebody. In addition to what we were talking about earlier, I'm going to bring up scissors and pins again. Yeah. You want those as well, just so that way stuff doesn't move. And then, so the reason you want fabric scissors is because you want to use them specifically on fabric. Because once they touch another type of material, like paper, it will mess the fabric if you use the same scissors on the fabric again instead of paper or something else. Yeah, it won't cut as cleanly. Like the um, difference in material, it dulls or like creates microscopic nicks in the blade and the fabric will be just that much more difficult to cut and it does build over time see this also translates with paper scissors too and this is something that a lot of people don't really realize you want to have different grades of scissors for different types of paper it sounds crazy but it actually kind of works out yeah, and you don't want to do things like cut tape with your paper scissors because the gum, the gumminess of the glue will actually build up on your scissors and mess up the blade. Yeah, and it will start getting sticky and get caught and cause issues that way if you're going to do something that way. Same thing with meat scissors and somebody using my goddamn meat scissors as a fucking weave cutter. You know who I'm talking to. Don't do it again. Anyway, as I'll say... Um, probably a good measuring tape. And one of the things, <laughs> one of the things I learned about measuring tapes is they do wear out over time. I've had, I have a measuring tape that, uh, the plastic has degraded over a decade and I bought a new measuring tape and I realized that it had stretched. And so 
my inches were actually getting longer. So you want to not only like uh, replace your measuring tapes over time, but to calibrate them so that if you measure with one and then you go out and measure with another one that your inches are the same. And then getting a ruler also wouldn't hurt because it's similar to the measuring tape, but if you're going to be on a flat fabric, on a flat surface for fabric and you just need to do like a line real quick, you can just do that pretty yeah. easy that way instead of doing just a tape measure because the one I have is kind of like the one that they had in shop where they put around your neck and then you can basically measure around a person, their height and everything. That's the type I have at home and that's the type I use myself. Actually, like actually one of the things you do, uh, because you do use rulers for measuring your body too. you measure curves with the ruler and you measure contours. And then if you were measuring straight lines like the back of your neck to the your belt line. Yeah, you would want to use a ruler for that because it's a straight line. And probably the last thing I would recommend is some sort of marking material like uh, I use a. an assortment of things depending on how permanent I want my marks. I either use white gel pens, that's one of my favorite things to use for marking cutting lines, or I use Taylor's chalk, or I use soap. Soap? Soap's kind of old school. Um, It's basically because you're going to uh, want to wash your garments at some point. But soap is, uh, it makes a white mark, like good old-fashioned ivory soap. You just cut like a sliver off of it, probably like maybe an eighth inch thick. And you can use that as tailor's chalk, or you could use it as uh, cutting on the grain, like how you want to mark your tears uh, before you pre-wash your fabric. Because sometimes I'll tear off some fabric and pre-wash it, instead of pre-washing the entire amount that I buy, only because I just don't want to deal with folding that much fabric up again. No, that's understandable because I've used chalk and I've used like kind of like a color pencil specifically for fabric to do it that way myself. And it's similar to what you do and you use it just to mark so that way you know where to stop or where you're going to do your curve or something along those lines. But you bring up another good point is that you should wash your fabric as well before you start a project and you should probably wash it throughout once you're done with the finished garment just to make sure it's clean yeah especially if it's something where you're going to wear it enough and you intend for it to be washable because that's another worst thing in the world when you don't pre-wash your fabric and you make something and it fits you perfectly but you didn't pre-wash the fabric so the first time you wash it not only does it shrink but it shrinks weird and so your panels that you cut out and sew together aren't even the same dimensions as they were when you sewed them together yeah and depending on how you wash it and depending on the type of fabric it could also destroy the fabric which is also a worse nightmare that can oh, happen yeah. and then that's just a bad time like it was green and white and now it's all green so on that note actually let's actually talk about choosing the right fabric because not every fabric fits every cosplayer every project whatsoever yeah So what you can do uh, is you can go to a local Joann's and then if you're going to go there and you have an idea of what you want to do, you can always talk to one of the workers there and they will help you out and pick right fabric. But I would also mention that, hey, I'm new. I need a beginner fabric that I'm working with. I don't want to handle something that someone who needs like five, ten years experience to work with. Because like if you're going to do something like a vinyl or like a skin tight suit, like I wouldn't recommend that for like your first project. That'd be really hard and the fabric for that is very stretchy and very tough to work with at times yeah um for me picking fabric 
it's kind of an adventure because there are like your set fabrics like you want to use cottons and whatnot and polyesters for shirts you want to use like nice drapey fabrics for dresses um but it's also like how you want it to look because there have been things where i'll make and you would use one material like intuitively but you want it you want this effect so you pick another material so it's um i guess as you advance in sewing uh you kind of deviate from what would be considered normal uh but for beginners i would recommend uh getting the t pattern for the type of garment you're looking at looking at a sewing pattern and looking at the suggestions for what kind of fabric to use yeah so look at like a simplicity pattern and be like and they would recommend the type of fabric that's on there Another thing when you're looking at fabric is you want to see how see-through it is because there are some that can be kind of see-through and there are some mm -hmm. where it's just a complete solid line of fabric and it won't show through at all. You also want to see how st stretchy it is or if it's or or if it's going to be taut and it's not going to stretch at all. Uh, and then because certain things will have certain flows to them when you move and some of them will just be stiff. Yeah, and you don't want to use a non-stretch garment for something that has stretch built into it or it will not fit you or will be incredibly uncomfortable. And there are actually little tips and tricks you can uh, do to combine fabrics. Like if you have a fabric that the outer appearance you love, but it's see-through, you can actually like back it up with a lining or you can double uh, layer it Yep. There are cottons that I have used where I love the outer appearance of the cotton, but it's too thin or something like that. So I'll back it up with a material to give it more body. And so all of my panels have two layers. Um, one is for the structure in the hand I want, and the outer one is for the appearance I want. Okay, so that's actually something I've always been curious about. How, essentially, can you combine different fabrics putting together? So what you're saying is so long as two fabrics actually operate fairly similar to each other it works out uh yeah it can kind of like you can beef up the weight of a thin fabric by uh backing it up with a fabric that has that weight uh you want to experiment with it because you can always overshoot it um you can't really make a non-stretch fabric stretchy um those two types of fabric usually don't work together so if you were to uh, you would actually kill the stretch of a fabric if you put it under a non-stretch fabric. Um, let's see, probably another thing I could uh, recommend for choosing a fabric is there are some times where I will take a pattern for one thing that I want uh, because I like the lines of it, and then I will take a pattern for another thing because I like the overall shape of it, and I will combine those two patterns. And say I want to take uh, the bodice of a shirt, and I want to make it the top of a dress that I'm making. So I know how to build a shirt into a dress. So I want the, sh the lines of the shirt, the seam lines of the shirt, but I want the movement of the dress. So you use the fabric for the dress fabric instead of the fabric for the shirt fabric. So yeah, you have those two, but, and you do have to like balance the compatibility. There are things you learn over time, like, can I take this stretchy fabric pattern and widen the panels a little bit so it fits me better and you know use it for this not stretchy fabric pattern and vice versa it's been some it sometimes you just learn the macgyver stuff together <laughs> that's basically one of the tools of the trade is like what can i macgyver this week as a cosplayer i'm sorry but we all have to agree red green macgyver 
and Bob Ross are the three trinity of fucking cosplay. Next is Zabumafu, of course. Oh. Yes, our Lord and Savior. Zabumafu. I think I am a little too old for Zabumafu. My, my younger siblings watched that. But uh, MacGyver was my childhood hero. Same. And as a cosplayer, like, we are all MacGyver. We are taking things that defy gravity and basically don't exist, and we are the artificers, like, bringing these things into reality. We, we are magicians and sorcerers. Which is why I fucking love MacGyver and his weird-ass shit. It's either him or the other guy with the mallet. Gallagher. Gallagher is the guy. Oh, yeah, that guy. Watermelon smasher. Yes. Him and his sins towards all fruits and vegetables. I love him. And that's why I made a mallet. I, I remember him. I do, too. It, okay. I had childhood heroes that... Most of my family thought I was clinically insane for. Mostly Gallagher and Weird Al. I only heard of Gallagher. I never saw him, but I, I know that he smashed a watermelon and then people in the front two rows got hit. And that's about it. And that's usually enough to make me giggle with strange, strange primal joy. But I digress. Y you can't hate Gallagher. But, alright, do you have any more tips for us? Tips. Oh, I know. If you ever find a fabric that you really really like but you have no idea what you're going to do with it right at this moment buy at least two yards of it because i guarantee you when you finally find that thing that is perfect for that fabric you saw three years ago and that long fabric gone. will be long gone <laughs> And this is how you start fabric hordes. I know Just your saying. pain. Don't judge me. No, I'm, look, there's two things I will judge you about. Fabric hoarding and dice hoarding. Look. Look, I'll call you out. I've, I'll call you out by your name, dragon. I have improved the quality dragon. of people's cosplays by giving them fabrics that haven't existed for six or seven years. Dragon. Yeah, I, I, I own it. I'm a fabric hoarding dragon. Okay. And There's dice. nothing wrong with that. I mean, I have a bunch of fabric in my room that I haven't used. It's like, I brought it for this project, but I haven't gotten to this project yet, but I have it for when I'm eventually going to do the project. I, I which really... is so in the eventually column. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. That entire hamper is filled with nothing but freaking fabric that I'm never going to use that I just grabbed. If I started an Etsy store right now with what I have that I have not even considered using, I would be perfectly fine with stock. For about a year, at least. Oh, solid. Yeah. Jesus Christ. But, alright, yeah, fair enough. Before we actually kick this dead horse a little bit more, let's actually, instead of just talking about choosing the right fabrics, let's talk about making the fabric that you want the right color. Let's talk about dyeing. Yeah, the, not only dyeing, but there are so many different ways to make the fabric you want if you can't find it. Wait, what? Yeah, there are. So, the first thing that you can do is that you can actually buy the fabric online. There are actually pattern makers, and you can be like, this is the pattern I'm looking for, and you can give them a template of an image that you have, and then they will take that, and then they will make it over a period of time, and then they will basically mail you the fabric. Yeah, and there used to be, like, only spoon flour, but there are so many fabric printing, custom dyeing. Like, it's it's easy compared to you know basically they're barely being joann's or the walmart craft section when i first started cosplaying or party city oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> but yeah my ebay was probably my savior for like the first three to five years of when i seriously started cosplaying because fabric was so hard to find uh it, it was you had to make it 
um, by buying something similar and dyeing it, or you had to say close enough for government work, or you know, uh, I've I've ordered like stretch vinyl, four way stretch vinyl from freaking the UK on eBay because that was the only place in the world where I knew to get it because I was a noob and I didn't know about like the Chicago Fashion Fabric District or something. Which is a great resource if you're here in Chicago. They also have a similar one in LA where you can just get all the fabric in the world and it's nice. And probably New York too, I would imagine. Yeah, because those are basically the three big fashion locales. So, okay, actually we'll use that for a quick segue. Um, places that you guys would suggest going to find fabric. That's not like the basic shenanigans like Joann's and if you have one near you, Hobby Lobby. Um, yeah, Hobby Lobby. Um, I don't really shop at Hobby Lobby too much anymore for reasons. Same. 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 But, um, yeah, Joann is good for, um, knowing the materials of a fabric. Because the thing is, I don't like about Joann and it kind of disappoints me. They rename stuff like they brand things, and so you don't know what a fabric is actually called because it's called Joanne's special name of something. Yeah, that can be kind of a um, hindrance at some points. Yeah. yeah, so you can't go and try like this cotton fabric that you like, and it's called like so classic whatever, and it's actually like a poplin, you know? Yeah, uh, you can also find fabric at Walmart. Some Walmart do have craft sections with just straight up fabric. So, same thing with Hobby Lobby; they also will have like. A fabric section it's not nearly as big as joanne's yeah, it, uh, but it, it does exist yeah and then we have the chicago fashion outlet downtown yeah. that we can use yeah like uh, vogue fabric um the uh discount fabric outlet yeah they've yeah. actually cleaned up their act one of the things i used to hear about them when i first started shopping there was like oh everything smells like mold but that was because they had this huge basement that was full of, like, old piles of fabric that you kind of had to sift through. And, yeah, there was a lot of mildewing happening there. But they have cleaned up, and, like, the, the basement's super well lit now, and they have, they, they've thrown out, like, a bunch of that old stuff. I'm trying to remember the name of the other fabric store. There's another fabric store similar to Joann's that is escaping the name of me. But they had a couple in the Schomburg area, and it's going to bother me until I think of it. Oh, that's probably Hancock. Yeah, uh, they used to be around. They kind of went out of business, and then they resurfaced online after having been eaten by Michaels. Yeah, of and speaking things. of Michaels, there are also another craft store where you can't get some fabric. At. It's also kind of hit or miss nowadays. Yeah. Nowadays or always? Cause... Yeah. Well, a little bit of comedy A and B depends on the Michaels. Yeah, Michaels doesn't really super sell fabric. They'll have some small cuttings of cotton fabrics and maybe some like some satins but for the most part if you want to buy fabric from michael's you have to go online yeah which there are a few online stores that actually sell things and i'm i'm very persnickety about that because yeah you can't really feel the fabric yeah buying fabric online is kind of a hassle because there is the process of either knowing exactly what you're ordering or even then you want to order swatches. Uh, basically what I was going to say is ordering swatches and then you have to go through the approval process and then ordering the fabric. So it's a, it's a delayed process. The instant gratification just is not there. Yeah. Oh, there's a story time for this one. So back in the day when I thought I could literally do anything that I put my mind forth, you know, those weird years called teenage years, I made a friend a promise that I would help her out and make a Catwoman cosplay. But she didn't want 
a normal Catwoman cosplay. Oh no, she wanted Halle Berry's Catwoman cosplay. This 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 child that was skinnier than a twig wanted to do Halle Berry, and I I said I would do the pants at least. And I ordered some pleather off of I want to say it was like the International um, Fabric Club or something like that. I forgot the full name of it, but it it might as well have been a scam. They swore up and down that this stuff was thick and it actually held up. No, this thing was paper thin. It had like this porous tricot spandex on the back. It uh, just trust me when I say this. You want to see your fucking fabric before you buy it. Just trust me on this one. And touch. And touch. Yeah, touching is a big thing. Yeah, that's a huge part of choosing your fabric. And like I said, unless you know exactly what you're ordering and you're just ordering more. And even then you got to factor in things like differences in dye lots. Yeah. Funny story about those pants, by the way. I turned them into a holster. She hated them so much, I just turned them into a fucking holster for Nerf guns. Oh, yeah, that's a thing. Um, it's probably like pleather vinyl or something yep. like that. A lot of mistakes that people make with pleather vinyl, especially if they're just looking at it online and they're not touching it, which is why ordering swatches is important. Um, people will whole ass sell you upholstery vinyl, which is one of the most suffocating and just uncomfortable things to wear. And... They'll sell it to you like it's an apparel vinyl. Speaking of apparel vinyls, that's another place I actually um, buy my materials online is MJ Trends. I'm really familiar with their product. Uh, and that's it, it. That was pretty much like the place to order your brown, red, or black pleather looking, like leather, soft leather looking material when I was first shopping in uh, Sci Fabrics. That's what it was called. They were the two online shops where I would buy PVC, vinyl, and faux leather material, and they had the best color selection at the time. Like, now, Joanne probably has a comparable selection of, like, every kind of color in those specialty, like, leather look materials, because cosplay is so easy now compared to how it was back in the mid 2000s it was hard not in live. the mid 2000s <laughs> shit it the early 2000s yeah that too like you had to learn how to cast resin and learn how to make your own molds and like to the point where um like you you had to learn how to use those toxic materials because that's all there were um, oh no! Not even not even resin. yourself out in your apartment bedroom. <laughs> oh, oh no! No 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 no! What was it? Uh, I just made a perfect quote. You have never lived until you have seen the eyes of God after like fuming yourself out with some IPS weld on 2007. Oh yeah, like he has definitely. I've come home. Oh. Even now, because he still uses that, because he still uses like some of the old school materials. I have come home and he is passed out. The cats are passed out on the floor, and I am screaming at him because it was like, open some windows! <laughs> oh, no. I'm sorry. No, you're, no fine. you're fine. Don't worry. But, but that, I that's mean, normal. It's the same thing. It's like when back in the day, it's like people would use spray paint because it was so cheap. So you saw them like spray painting, and, and they didn't ventilate their room. And oh, I would like, get stoned out of my ass like, on something. What are you thinking? Oh, you yeah, gotta ventilate things. Still do that. It's yeah. like, allow cure time for your paints. If you're using solvent-based paints, because you will gas everyone in a 10-foot radius if you if your paint doesn't cure. But, I mean, that's why oh. I call them the dark party city days, because that's what was basically available. It was that and Walmart, and 
you prayed to eBay, you got something off eBay, and you hope everything went okay. Oh, yeah. No, before before I got the house to myself and all that other fun stuff, I just, because Chicago winters are hell, so you can't just spray paint outside. You had to learn how to do acrylics or bust. Yeah. And my ass is like, I do what I want. I'm just going to spray paint in my room. To this day, my doorknob is purple. Because my dumbass thought, oh, I can hide this from everybody. No, I can't. True facts. Yep. He's not lying. We can see the purple doorknob. It's, yeah, right, it's also, right there. <laughs> when it's cold outside, the cure time is longer. Much longer, actually. Days longer. No, not days. Like, multiply that cure time times three or four. Because cure time for spray paint is at room temperature like three days. So, if it's 35 degrees or less outside... It's not going to cure y'all because it needs warmth. See, see, you say that. You say multiply it by three. Let, let me point this out. I sprayed, I'm, I'm remembering this pretty well. I sprayed painted uh, like a Bowie knife. And I thought I was being hot shit. And I did it at 40, no, not even 45, negative five degree weather. Mm-hmm. Took a month and a half to get rid of that sticky. Yeah. Yeah, you pick it up in your fingerprints and like in the paint because it's not cured. It's, it's never going to cure don't know why. Oh, I know why, but we know why. Yeah, because the solvents didn't outgas. Yep. Oh. Yay, science. Oh, fuck yeah, science. Yeah, that's the kind of scientific <laughs> stuff you learn when you do things the hard way. Oh, yeah. also, wigs. Wigs were, were so hard to find. Back in the day, yeah. Yeah, you... Like, ha- like Arda is such a blessing, you have Yo, no idea. No, yeah. we, we on this show will praise and hype Arda wigs for the blessings that they have given mm-hmm. us. Because I mean, without even if them, you don't we'd use Arda, you still have epic wigs, and they're also a very big blessing. Yeah, there, there's a lot of, there's a lot out there now. Like cosplay is, like when I say cosplay is so easy now, it's like legitimately. Uh, Katie Bear, she was one of the people that I learned my wig work from. Uh, she's like uh, one of those middle guard cosplayers and doing wigs the hard way. Like she did tutorials on how to build a weft from nothing um and then build a wig from those wefts because wigs you had if you couldn't find it you had to make it um how to there were tutorials out there about how to transform that crappy party city wig into something that is serviceable because that was literally all we had uh we had to buy wigs with not the right color fiber and dye them using whatever means we could like india ink India ink and uh, oh, and India alcohol. ink, Sharpie, yeah. Copics. Um, Sharpie was big back in the day. I remember yeah, that. No, yeah, no, I, I could tell you like every tutorial I've run through and how they have worked or not worked. <laughs> oh no! Funny story about that. I still have highlighters for my failed Dragon Ball Z experiment. Oh, I still have like multiples of Sharpies where I bought like every single one at the local Michaels, and yeah, it's like this is my wig color. I'm, I'm gonna do this. <laughs> yeah. Sharpie and alcohol. That's all it worked. And it fucking worked at the time. Yeah, at yeah. the time it was great. Yeah. Shit. But now, like, it, there's wigs in literally every color. Like, if the 70 shades of blue at Arda doesn't work, then there's, like, 20 more at Epic. And then, like, like there's the thousand that you can buy on eBay from China and get in a week. I remember that used to be thing, too, like, 30 to 60 days if it made it. <laughs> If it made it, <laughs> yeah, you were praying, and you're like, oh, it, it, no, it, it will make it in the next three to four years, but yeah, it'll like make you, it. You might get it a month after the con. Yeah, exactly. If you're lucky. <laughs> yeah. It's like Shit. 
Yeah. And then on top, oh, and then they're 3D printing is a, just no. a technological miracle. No, that is still <laughs> boggling my mind how that popped yeah. out of the fucking It's like that work. is Star Trek age compared to like having to hand carve something out of a block of plastic or foam or, or like wood. build it out of clay or wood. Yeah. yeah. I was about to say, um, I still do wood because that's all I knew back in the day. Yeah, no, like, like I can go on and on and on about how cosplay is so easy. Um, now, yeah, it's, yeah, it's way easier and a lot more accessible now. Like you can 3D print scales on fabric to make scale armor and that just blew my balls, let me tell you. <laughs> like just out of nowhere, just... All the all the stuff that's going on now, take use it, abuse yeah, it. Yeah, y'all it are is. y'all are like creating, like y'all are blazing some paths. And then the people who like are they, you know, they've come up and they've acquired all this and they're innovating that stuff. Like, all do this, do this, make it easy and share that knowledge. Like, don't unless you're selling it. I understand if you're selling it and this is your source of income. But, like, the best way to come up with that new and amazing stuff is to share it and give somebody else, like, a spark that will, you know, just yeah, change the cosplay game. Yeah. Rolling, yeah. Just... It's like, because that's how cosplay, like, that's how cosplays are made by taking, like, bashing stuff together that, you know, uh, for two things that aren't related to each other and then coming up with a new technique that makes an amazing special effect in a cosplay. We are literally the kit bashing fandom. Just realize that and then just spread it on. Seriously. I mean, you have to just get your idea out there and be vocal about it. So, Because the more you talk about it and the more you keep on trying things, like the more it will come to life. Did you almost fall? I almost fell because the chair was broke. <laughs> How do you break my chair? I don't know. I hardly move. God damn it! You have no booty. How do you break things? What do you mean I? What do you mean I don't have a booty? There was a page dedicated to it. Don't yes, lie. for the memes, <laughs> not not the chair breaking. Got, you, got a chair breaking booty up in here. This is why we keep the metal chair over here. Honestly, we should keep you in the metal chair. But anyway, anyways, let's get back to sewing real quick. I, the one last tip or trick I want to talk about is where you can learn because a lot of people would probably be pretty nervous about learning for their first time. Mm-hmm. So the first thing I would recommend is if you, like Seneca did, if you have a family member who's who's specialized in it, mm-hmm. talk to them and learn from them. If not, they I know they have sewing classes at Joanne, or you try doing like a home ec thing, and sewing's usually covered in there. Yeah, and, and that's also, how it was for me in middle school. Your local library, they have um like sewing classes and stuff like that. Uh, use your local library. A lot of people don't realize how much uh stuff libraries have that are free to use. Yeah, yeah, they have a lot of free stuff at libraries. They're super yeah. beneficial, actually. Yeah. Funny story about that, actually. Did you know that most public libraries have a goddamn three D printer now? Yeah, a lot of them, if, like, and they're getting them soon if they don't have them. But like, usually somewhere in your five library area, one of them has a three um, D printer. Three D printer, sewing classes. Hell, there's some that actually do have cosplay classes now. Yeah, like cosplay is mainstream now. That's another thing. Like, uh, that. Oh man, it's like oh cosplay isn't that like a sex thing? That it can be depending on where you I mean, are. That, that, yeah. When I, I back when you know it wasn't it was a thing that you kind of did and you were kind of like shameful it was a weird thing to do basically um yeah. but now like cosplay they mention cosplay or like cos people on tv shows cosplay so it's not it's still kind of a nerdy thing to do but it's 
I mean, if they're saying it on your TV shows, it's not a secret thing to be ridiculed anymore. I mean, it could be worse. We could be back in the days of Garuga Mesh. Just saying. That, that's true. And that the, classic, the face, classic commercial. The face that she just made is classic. was a thousand yard stare. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone remembers Garuga Mesh. <laughs> I mean, the way she's staring at my phone, she'd make it explode the way she's staring. <laughs> yeah. It's me trying not to cringe myself into a singularity. It is such a glorious thing. Like, I still have, like, I don't really cringe over things anymore, but there's the reflexive cringe from just the, like... The classic cringe from back in the day. Yeah, it's like, it was kind of a reflex. You couldn't help it because it was so earnest, but so bad. It was glorious. (laughs) I laugh to this day. You know what? I'm posting that literally as our tagline for this episode, Garuga Mesh. Garuga Mesh! Looking looking back on it, though, like, it was actually, like, pretty solid. It was a solid commercial. For a con back in the day, yeah, it's a decent movie. Yeah, but back then, it was, like... It was cool to to cringe at things, and so I still have like that reflexive. Oh boy! Yeah. <laughs> oh, I love that guy. Yeah. I wonder how he's doing nowadays. Yeah, I don't know. Also, if you don't know what we're talking about, it was a soccer in con commercial. 2009 soccer con, to be yeah. very specific. Yeah. You can still find this commercial on YouTube. Yep, it is there. beautiful. Yeah. Holy shit, is that commercial? That commercial needs love at all times. I mean, to be honest, like the film qu- quality compared to newer videos is kind of crunchy, but you know. Well, it's 2009. Yeah, exactly. Fair. I was about to say it's like uh, over 10 years ago. Yeah, it's 11 years yeah. ago now. Okay, so we, we've rambled your ears off long enough. Let's actually go into some decent closing remarks and actually just reflect on what we talked about. One of the things that I actually did want us to come back on and just loop right back around on, you brought up earlier. Do you remember what it was? Yes, it's don't let the quality of your work determine your self-worth. Don't, you know, think you're a bad person or you'll never be a good cosplayer because this thing you made happened to be a failure. It's not quite what you want just work at it harder right honestly yeah if it doesn't look right the first time nobody's gonna shame you for redoing a cosplay it's very common to actually redo a cosplay another thing i'd also recommend you don't do is you don't have to compare yourself to every other version of the cosplay at the oh, same time oh that can be God. really toxic no, mindset. Like, yeah yeah think of it like the two cakes theory it's like one person made a cake and it's like a beautiful, sparkling, confectionery work of art. And another person made a cake, and it's just like an ordinary chocolate cake. And, you know, frosting on it, it looked like it was made in the kitchen. And the person who made the chocolate cake is looking at this confectionery work of art like, oh, man, I'll never make a cake that awesome. And then somebody who does not bake at all, but they really like cake, is coming up to this table like, holy shit, two cakes. Fuck yeah, cake. <laughs> so, so, I mean... Basically, everyone has to start somewhere, and it's like, you can't compare yourself to the top of the heap right away, because yeah. you're still learning, and you'll get there eventually mm-hmm. if you put in the time. And a- another thing, if you can't sew, because the thing is, not everybody can sew. P- some people can sing, and they can't, like, draw. That's what commissioners are for. That's what eBay is for, and there is no shame in buying a cosplay off the rack or off a website, because you can't sew or don't have time, or whatever it might be. Seriously, support your local commissioners and cosplayers. They're there for a reason. Most of them are willing to help, 
and they'd be willing to give you a tutorial or maybe sit down with you and work through it if you can find the time to work through it, actually. Yeah. Seriously, 2020, let's actually make this the year that we actually support our artistic friends. Come on, now. Yeah, and pay them what they're worth, and, like, don't complain about it. If you can't afford it now, save up for it later. But if you really, like, respect that work, then pay the artist what they're worth. Exactly. And, I mean, also, if you if you specialize in something else in, like, your craft, like, you, you do wigs better than you do sewing, like, try and focus on what you're specialized in, and then you can commission yeah, the other stuff or buy it. Like, have, you don't have to be perfect at everything. I have definitely purchased like works to complement my cosplay that I either can't make or don't have the and I've been cosplaying for dang like oh man like this will be my almost my twentieth year. Good lord. Welcome <laughs> to the club. It yeah. is hell. It's yep. okay. If you ever meet me in person you will never believe that I have been cosplaying for almost twenty years. Um if you meet me in person I look like I've been in a cosplay for twenty years. Yeah Jax kinda looks older than I'm me. I'm usually the other <laughs> gender and people don't know it's me until I talk <laughs> to Everyone them. just assumes I'm grandpa or uncle. It's fuck you weird. talk like an old uncle. You do talk yeah. like an old uncle, especially when you talk on the phone. Oh god, like you talk at like point eight speed. You slow down and you get so much more country. It's kind of Yeah, but so you get like a little bit of a southern drawl. Oh no, he gets a lot of a southern drawl. (laughs) Just because I speak a little banjo does not mean Well, I can speak banjo too. Like I get back to it when I go back down south. But it's like yours comes out on the phone like you like you're talking to a grandchild. Yeah, you do. (laughs) You're you're like, listen here, child. Yeah. (laughs) Look as we it's do it in sync. Come on on over. <laughs> yeah, be on over here when you get here. I'll be waiting for you. God, I miss he my quite niece. He quite literally <laughs> says it in that tone and form. She's not exaggerating at all. I thought all. I was asleep. Because like, you called me to come over here. And I, I, was, I had woke up from a nap because I was waiting for you to call me back. And I was like, whose uncle is this? <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's Jax. You're like, oh wait, yeah, Jax does do that. Yeah. Yeah, my phone. That, like, that, I don't know that on point. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> I mean, this I was trying to be nice about it, not roasting you, but then she went to the full roast. Oh no, this is normal. It is my solemn duty to roast him. <laughs> oh, don't worry. I'll get you back. Don't worry. Wait. Oh, how do you break things? I'm not at the same chair. <laughs> So, for... chair trying to kill me. Anybody who's wondering what the hell's going on right now, Caleb has almost fallen out of his chair for the second or third time now. Yeah, and I'm trying to, my best to be, like, completely still and not move the chair. Okay. Okay, just, this is actually... lean on this leg. It seems to be yeah. stable. I'm trying to do that. Look, I can make ducks. I haven't mastered chairs yet. <laughs> Take this here mallet and, like, work on that there chair. I will work on that damn chair right now, but not right now, because it's on right now. Anyway. So, damn it. Anyway. Anyway. God damn it, trying to make me get the south out of me. Alright. So, this actually segues into our final thing, because, like, like we always try and say on this show, please, have fun. Most importantly, before you do anything else, I don't care if you're trying to compete, I don't care if you're trying to, like, dress to impress have fun. This is a fun thing that we're doing. Have fun. And yeah. Let it be a hobby if you don't want to make it a career. It doesn't have to be a career for everyone. It could be the thing you do to like blow off steam. And like in the end, we're all nerds in costume. 
Yeah. Exactly. And the other thing is go into it with an open mind. You don't have to be dead set on one thing. Things can change along the way. And that's kind of the beauty of cosplay is you're kind of learning as you go and improving your craft and improving what you're already working upon. Yeah, there's no one way. And it's okay to let yourself be inspired. Yeah, honestly. Seriously. At the end of the day, guys. We'll actually start wrapping up right about here. So we've gone over a lot today. We've talked a lot about sewing. We talked about yesteryear stuff. We talked about all the fun bits. But we seriously hope that you've had fun with us today. Oh, yeah, this is a lot of fun. See, now you understand why we do this. But it seems kind of silly, but we try and get information and humor here. Exactly. Now, where can people find you online? Oh, man, uh, I have a, uh, a symbol uh, I am some iteration of this chick twenty five. On Tumblr, I am literally this chick twenty five. Uh, T h i s c h i c k two five, and I have a star symbol. And pretty much, if you found that, you found me. On Twitter, I'm this underscore chick twenty five, and on Instagram, I'm this underscore chick underscore twenty five. <laughs> We're going to have all of that in the show notes. Don't y'all worry. Yeah, that'll be in the doobly-doo down below, as per usual. So, you all know how to find us. We're, we're pretty easy at this point. All of our stuff is in the links in the description. If you want to find us on Facebook, if you want to find us on Twitter, if you want to find us, period, you know how to hit us up. So, if you want to find us on Coffee and support the Voldemort of the Midwest episode, that link will be in the description down below with all of the information. Also, if you just want to have a shout-out on the show, hit us up on Coffee. It's just a click away. And if you want to join us on Patreon, you can find us there as well. Also, keep in mind, on Coffee, if you donate there as well, you can ask us a question. We will answer it on the show live for any question you might want us to answer. As long as it's within our limits, we will decline stupid questions if they're too bad. Stupid as fuck questions get cabbages, and nobody wants cabbages. Because they have bottoms in them. I will reiterate that once again. Yep. So, with that being said, I think that comes to the end of our time. Yep, that will close out this episode. This is Cloud. And this is Jax. This is This Chick 25. And we're signing off. Peace. Peace.